You're listening to podcast audio from Radiant Church, located in Bay City, Michigan. For more information on Radiant Church, you can check us out on www.radiantbc.com or follow us on social media at Radiant Bay City. Many of you know, uh, for the past couple of weeks, my wife and I were kind of taking some time off. We, we uh, spent some time in Pentwater for a week, and then we had a staycation the last week, and so I'm back in the pulpit. So uh, grateful, though, for Pastor Tony Calabrese from Nashville, who filled in via video, and then my good friend, Pastor Shane from Grand Rapids, who helped fill in last weekend. But hey, we're back in our summer series entitled Kingdom Manifesto, and this is the Beatitudes from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. And these Beatitudes, these are eight character traits that describe uh, true followers of Jesus Christ. Eight character traits. Remember, these, this is a, a package deal. This is not like a, an a la carte, you know, buffet, uh, you know, Chinese buffet. I'm going to take the egg rolls, but not the wontons. No, 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 no. You, you take it all, right? These are eight character traits that Jesus calls his followers to. And what we realize, as soon as we get into these Beatitudes, which we've been doing, is that these Beatitudes are what? They're counterculture, and they're counterintuitive. Jesus has this entirely different vision from the world of what it means to be blessed, right? You ever talk to somebody, hey, how you doing? Man, I'm blessed, right? I'm blessed. What does that mean to be blessed? We realize Jesus has this sort of upside-down kingdom this backwards kingdom, and uh, the world would say one thing for what it means to be blessed, and then Jesus says an entirely different thing. We've been unlocking and discovering these over the past several weeks this summer. If you have a Bible, I want you to join me, or if you have a a smartphone like an Android or an iPhone, um, download the YouVersion app, and you have the Bible anywhere you want to. It's incredible. Um, If not, you can follow along. The words will be right behind me. We're going to read just the first eight verses in Matthew chapter 5, and then we're going to land on the beatitude that we have today, all right? Here's what uh, Matthew records in Matthew 5, beginning in verse 1. The word of the Lord says this, Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside, and he sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, and this was week number one, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who acknowledge their, their spiritual poverty, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. That, that's our beatitude for this morning. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. What does that mean? Let's, let's unpack that together. Um, before we do that, let's, let's pray. I like to pray a lot because Jesus says, my house will be a house of prayer for all nations. And so we're gonna pray together before we dive into God's word. Lord, we love you. And uh, man, you are so good, and um, your presence is evident here today in the lives of those who are baptized. And so, God, I pray that we might um, just open up your word. Um, we believe that your word is truth. Um, God, there's no multiple truths. 
It's your word. That, that's what is true, God. And so would you open up blind eyes? Would you unlock deaf ears? God, by your spirit, would you soften hardened hearts? Because I, my guess is that a, a crowd this size, someone walked in here with a hard heart. They've been hurt by somebody in the church. They, um, they just think we're hypocrites. Whatever it is, God, someone's got a hard heart. And um, God, would you soften it this morning, God, so they would hear what you have to say not necessarily about me, but what you are saying. Finally, God, give us the courage to obey your word in a, in a world that mostly does not accept it. We love you for it, and we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, um, I always like to start off with a story. Just a few weeks ago, um, me and my kids, we spent an afternoon at Chuck E. Cheese. Any Chuck E. Cheese fans here this morning, right? If you're a parent, uh, maybe you're just a single guy and you like to hit. That's weird. Never mind. Um, but listen, uh, we were hanging out at Chuck E. Cheese. My wife was busy working, and she's like, you need to get the kids out of the house. Like, I, 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 gotta, I gotta take care of stuff, and I don't care what you do, but just, you know, get them out of the house, keep them busy. So my kids, we're going to Chuck E. Cheese. They're like, yeah! And it was like, I was like the father of the year for a few moments, you know what I mean? And so we're at Chuck E. Cheese, and they give you this card, and you have... Unlimited play for 45 minutes for like 18 bucks. So I'm like, guys, we're going to get the unlimited card. We got 45 minutes or 15 minutes, whatever it is. And we're going to have a blast. And the kids are having like the time of their lives because they love the little rides because they're still little. And I love the ski ball. Come on, somebody, ski ball. Um, that's fun right there. And the basketball games and the games with the big guns that you shoot stuff. That's awesome, right? I'm all about that. And that's a lot of fun. So we're having a great time. And Chuck E. Cheese, they no longer give you the physical tickets. I don't know if you knew that, but they just changed it over. Now the tickets are on your card, which, by the way, threw my son off. I was like, son, the, the, the tickets are in the card now. Like, he's like, how are the tickets in the card, Dad? I don't see them. I'm like, they're digital. He's like, that makes no sense, Dad. I'm like, Lord, help me. Like, give me grace for this little child right now. And so I'm like, just trust me, the tickets are in the card, bro. We're going we're gonna to find out how many we have. So <laughs> we go up to the counter, and my son Ezra was just like a conundrum, right? He could not figure this out. We go up to the counter, and there's all the prizes, right? Co uh, Kokomo's is the same way, Chuck E. Cheese. And their eyes are like, wow, look at all the prizes, right? And so we have 300 tickets, which they're on the card, of course, right? And so um, uh, they want everything. Okay? They cannot make up their mind as to, to what prizes you know, they're going to they're they're get. You know what I'm saying? And so um, their hearts are divided because they want it all, right? It's like they're looking around. They're like, Dad, I want the ring pop. Yes, I am convinced that I want the ring pop. Wait a second. Is that a slinky that I just saw? Oh, wait. wait, wait how much are the Tootsie Rolls again? I'm going to take a... Three Tootsie Rolls, and they're trying to do the math, which they cannot do in their heads. <laughs> Is that a plane that flies in the air? Yeah, it supposedly flies, right? And so I, know I want that instead. And so as dad, I have to step in, and I'm like, okay, like I got to boil this down to like one or two choices so my kids can make a decision because it's impossible. Because why? Because their hearts are divided, and they want it all. Right, they weren't all. Hold on to that illustration for just a moment, that story. I'm going to come back to it. Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. What, what, what does it mean to be pure in heart? Well, well, the first meaning, 
The first aspect of that phrase, pure in heart, I think it's pretty obvious. It means to be clean. It means to be innocent. It means to be guiltless, right? Have you ever heard that expression, my hands are clean? Like, my hands are clean from this. Don't involve me in what you're doing. That My hands are clean, man. Like, I'm, right? That's to be innocent, to, to, to not partake in anything that is right, sinful or whatever, a crime. But the other aspect of that phrase, the pure in heart, it, it means this. It means having a single-minded devotion to God. Single-minded devotion to God. In other words, it's a heart that is undivided. A heart that's undivided. I want want to show you something from King David. He prays this in Psalm 86, verse 11. King David says this. He says, teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. And then notice what he says. He says, give me what? Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. What's David praying here? David says, God, God, I want a heart that's focused on you. God, I realize that my heart, it's torn, it's pulled in many directions, right? There's so many directions my heart is, is pulled toward, but God, give me a heart focused on you. And listen, uh, I'm, I'm just like my kids at Chuck E. Cheese, like, I want it all. I think you're the same way. If you would just be honest, you, you want it all, right? We're, we're just like kids in a candy shop. We see it and we want it all, right? We want it all, right? Here's what some of us might say. God, I really want to follow Jesus. I'm, I'm trying to follow Jesus, Pastor Marco. Oh, I'm trying to follow him. But I love comfort. I love to be comfortable. I love the comfortable life. Okay, all right, all right. How about this one? I really love God with all of my heart, but dang it, I love money. Oh, money, 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 right? I knew that would get your attention, right? I, I, I want to follow, I love Jesus. But I love money because, ooh, when I see those zeros and, the, you know, coming through the direct deposit, oh, yeah, feels good, right? Feels good. I really want to be all in with my relationship with Jesus, but I love her over here, whoever that is. I love her, and wow, she is fine. And I love, I love Jesus. Don't you? I, I got you, but whoa, over here, wow, hello, right? Or, or whatever, or, or the females in here. I'm trying to, I'm trying to follow him, Pastor Marco. I'm trying to follow him over here. Wow, that's mm, 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 right. I love Jesus, but I love him too. Oh, my heart is so divided, right? My heart is so so divided. How about this one? I want to follow Jesus with everything that I have, but but I, but I I love my career, Marco. Um, and I want to, I want to focus on that. I, I really. I want to give all of my heart to my career. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm trying to climb the, 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 uh, the ladder, the corporate ladder, whatever it is for you, or the entrepreneurial ladder for some of you, perhaps. Um, I'm trying to climb the ladder. I, I love my career. I'm trying to focus on my career right now. That's really, that's really where I'm at right now, right? So our hearts are divided. We want God, but if we're just honest, we want so many other things. And Jesus says what? 
Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are those who what? Who have a single-minded devotion towards God, for they will see God. We'll talk about that second part in just a few more moments. But I want to explore this, this part, this idea of having an undivided heart or a singleness of heart. Um, I want to explore that just a bit further. And I want us to look at two other passages of Scripture, one from the Old Testament, which I think, I believe that Jesus was actually um, thinking about this. I think he had this in mind, Psalm 24, that we'll look at in just a moment. Um, and then we'll look at a New Testament passage um, with the half-brother of Jesus, James, and we'll look at James uses very similar language because you're probably wondering, well, how are you coming up with this definition? Uh, let me show you, let me bring you some biblical, some proof uh, that I think um, really gives us, uh, gives us weight to, to what this idea of pure in heart means. Psalm 24, verses three and four, it says this. Notice it's asking a question, by the way. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? In other words, who can dwell with God, right? Who can... Who can be with God, this relationship with God? And then he gives the answer, he who has clean hands. The idea of what? Of what, what being innocent, being, being guiltless, being clean, right? He who has clean hands. And then he says this, a pure heart. So what does that, what does a pure heart mean? Well, let's, let's keep reading further, church. It's the person who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear, what, deceitfully, does not swear deceitfully. So now, now the writer of the, the, the Psalm 24 is articulating what it means to, to, to be pure in heart, not to swear deceitfully. What does it mean to be deceitful? It means this. It essentially means to say something, but then do another thing. To say one thing, but then to, to, to do an, an, another thing. You're, you're being deceitful, right? Um, another translation actually says this verse like this, one who makes promises with no intention on keeping them. <laughs> Whoa. You make a promise, but you have no intention on keeping them, okay? Purity in heart, integrity of heart. I personally think Jesus was, he had Psalm 24 in mind here because the Psalms were one of the most um, recited, um, quoted books of the Bible in the New Testament. If you, just, if you read the Gospels, you'll, the Psalms show up everywhere. I want us to look at James now. Look, notice what James says. We're, we're, we're putting pieces together, okay, church? James chapter four, verses seven and eight. James says this. He says, submit yourselves um, then to God. Resist the devil, because he's always trying to, to get involved in our lives, right? And he will flee from you. Come near to God. Or a lot of us know this verse by uh, draw near to God. We've, I like a lot of us have heard that, right? Come near to God or draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And then notice what James says, which is reminiscent of Psalm 24, reminiscent of the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. Wash your hands, you sinners. He's, he's not talking about get the dial out right, and pump it up. And he's, That's not what he's saying. He's saying what? To purify, purify your hearts, right? Wash your hands, you sinners. And then what he says, purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now, in the Greek, in the Kone Greek, um, they often will leave out the subject matter in the actual original text. They will leave that out, and it's implied that the subject matter is persons or people. And so for this reason, it sounds like bad grammar, you double-minded. You double-minded what, James? It's implied that he's talking about you double-minded people. So what? James is mean, meaning this. 
A heart that needs purification is a double-minded heart. It has its, 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 its focus on so many different things, right? It's like, I love Jesus, but, ooh, ah, oh, I love God, but, uh, oh, over here, right? This is what Jesus is referring to here. And the first thing that we learn from this beatitude church is this, is that Jesus, first and foremost, is concerned with our heart, right? He's he's concerned about your heart. That's what he's really after, by the way. He's not actually after your exterior behavior because he knows once he has your heart, what? He has all of you. It's your heart he's after. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. Um, but the Lord said to Samuel, God speaking to Samuel, Samuel is just is trying to anoint the new king of Israel, okay? And Samuel's looking for all the wrong things. Notice what it says. He says, do not consider his appearance, okay? In other words, he doesn't have to be on the cover of GQ magazine, all right? Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him, right? So that gives hope to all the short people here this morning, amen, right? The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. What do we look at? We look at the exterior people, don't we? We, we, we look at the outside. That's just how we are. We look at the way people dress. We, we, we look at how tall they are, how handsome, if they're ugly, what, what the skin color is. That's the way people are sort of programmed to look at. Guys, like, no, 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 you're looking at the wrong things, right? The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but what? But the Lord looks at the heart. It looks at the heart, right? And um, in the context of Matthew chapter 5, what I also want to point out to you is that Jesus is also calling out the religious rulers of that day. And these guys were known as the Pharisees. And the Pharisees were very prideful. And they, um, they followed the Mosaic law to a T. They were very pious. They were very particular in the way that they followed the Mosaic law. And Jesus is trying to say to them, hey, you're missing the point. Your hearts are still corrupt. Your, your, your hearts are still far from me. You need a new heart. And so Jesus rebukes the Pharisees. I want to show you Matthew 23 really quick. Notice this, this sharp rebuke to the Pharisees. Matthew 23, beginning in verse number 25 he says, woe to you, right? Woe to you, teachers of the law, the Pharisees and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence, blind Pharisees. Jesus is very, very sharp with his words. Blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. The Pharisees practiced all of their religious duties perfectly. But Jesus says, that's not your problem. Your problem is that your heart is corrupt. Your heart is wicked. Your heart wants really nothing to do with God. What you need rather is a heart that's transformed. That's what you need. That's what I need. That's what you need, right? We don't need to just adhere to religious practices, right? Thinking that that's gonna like, you know, make us maybe more favorable towards God. No, no, we, God wants our hearts, right? He wants our hearts. That's what he wants this morning from you and I, church, 
So why is the heart such the focus for Jesus here in Matthew chapter five? Why, why is the heart that, that important? Why is the heart offended? When the heart gets offended, man, it's, uh, the Proverbs says that a, a brother that is offended is harder to win back than a fortified city. Man, your heart is offended with the church or with somebody in the church. It, it is so hard to win those types of people back because it's an issue of the heart. The Hebrew mind understood the heart as the center of the inner self, the center of um, our intellect, uh, the center of all of our desires, and the center of all of our emotions. That's what, that's what the Hebrews understood, Jewish people understood the heart to represent that. In fact, Hebrews um, 4.23 tells us this, you can look it up another time, it says to guard your heart above everything else. Why? Because the issues of life flow out of your heart, right? It's just, everything comes from your heart. Um, Jesus says this, in Luke 6.45, Jesus says that the heart speaks, or the mouth speaks, sorry, what the heart is full of. So, in other words, the words that come out of your mouth are a good indication of the temperature of your heart, the condition of your heart. That's telling, isn't it? Furthermore, Jesus says that all sin originates in the heart. That's where sin comes from. It's a problem with the human heart, right? That's what Jesus is referring to. Notice what Jesus says in Matthew 15, 19. Jesus says this. He says, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, <laughs> adultery, sexual immorality, right? Sleeping around, you know, pornography, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. But eating with unwashed hands, that doesn't defile them, Jesus says, like it. Hey, it's nice that you're trying to like adhere to religious practices and be a good church person and go to church. That's all great and dandy. That's cute and everything. And, but Jesus says, where's your heart at? Like, where, where's the, what's the condition of your heart? I want you just to, to imagine with me, if you will, for a few moments. Just imagine with me. Think of all of society's ills that would be um, cured or eliminated if thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people submitted their hearts to the lordship of Jesus Christ and they received a pure heart. Think about that. Like, think about all of society's ills right now. How all of those would, there'd, there'd, there'd be so, there'd be a renewal in our country, right? Because honestly, the government is is impotent to try to change the behavior of a society. Why? Because they can't legislate the human heart. They can't change the heart. You can't legislate the heart, right? And now, now politics are important, and I get that. You have your strong opinions, I have my strong opinions. But the reason why we shouldn't fight over those and go to war uh, over those opinions, right, is because God is ultimately interested in the human heart. Right? He's, he's interested in the heart. I get it. Politics create policies. Policies affect people. People create nations and all that, that sorts of thing. People matter to God. So, yes, politics plays a part in that. However, when it comes to changing a society, a politics just won't do it. What do we need? A renewal of our hearts. That's where we'll see change, right? That's, 
That's how we're going to see change, right? Why? Well, what do you mean, Marco? Because why? Because the heart is where sin originates, right? The heart is where racism begins. The heart is, is where adultery begins, right? Sleeping around and pornography, those things. The heart is, is, is where, where hatred lives, where murder takes place in your heart. And so Jesus said, listen, I'm trying to get a hold of people's hearts because if I can change their hearts, I can change the person, I can change a city, I can change a society, I can change a nation, right? Jesus is after our hearts, right? He's after our hearts. That's what he wants. That's what it takes. And church, hear my heart. We, we cannot solve spiritual problems with political solutions, right? Right? Politics are important. Uh, don't write me an email saying, Pastor Marco, blah, 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 blah. No, 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 just chill, chill. Just relax. Relax, relax. I, I, you get your daily fix of what the 24-hour news. I get it. God is after the heart. God is trying to transform the heart. That's how he transforms cities. He transforms the church. And then you guys go out and you spread that, that light of Christ and you start to transform the areas that you work in, your coworkers, your spouse, your girlfriends and boyfriends, your, your families. You start to what? You, you let that light shine and you say, man, I love Jesus and he's what he, he's, he's done in my life. He's changed me from the inside out, right? And that begins to, to create change. It's a ripple effect. I, I want to take just a few moments to, to spend and I want to talk about this idea of the second part of the phrase, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. What does it mean? What is Jesus talking about? For they will see God. Well, here's what I think it means. I think it means to see God um, is to experience his holiness and to be awestruck with his presence. Okay? And in order, in order for you to be awestruck with the presence of God, he has to have your, your heart, or else you're just going through religious motions. Come on, somebody, Right? You're just going through the... We live in a city, Bay City is full of dead religion. I'm just calling it out right now. It's full of dead man's works. There's no heart, though, that loves God. No heart that's transformed. Man, man, Jesus is after your heart. Why? Because when your heart's transformed, you will see God, Right? You're going to experience his holiness. You're going you're gonna to know what he's like. You're going to have this, this communion. Your life's going to be changed. I'm not going to have to beg you to come to church. You're like, man, I, I can't wait till the doors are open so I can be with the people of God, so I can worship, so I, so I, I can learn God's word. I'm not going to drag. My job is not to drag you to church. I can't make you. I can't coerce you. That's not, what, that's not my job. The Spirit of God is supposed to lead you to the gathering of the saints. Listen to what the, the writer of Hebrews says. And I'm starting to get sweaty, so I'll slow down a little bit here. Yeah, I haven't been in the pulpit for two weeks. So I'm going to go after it. Yeah, I'm going to go for it. Hebrews 12, 14, listen, it says this, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone, right? Everyone, and to be holy. Why? Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. No one will see the Lord. Same language that Jesus is using here. By now, though, here's where I think they're at, because here's, honestly, here's where I'm at when I was studying this week. <laughs> Pastor Marco, yeah, who, who's, no one is really pure in heart except for Jesus alone. Can we just acknowledge that first? No one, none of us, not me, not you, 
None of us here, none of us are perfectly pure in heart except for Christ alone. Let's just acknowledge that. Let's just get that out of the way. It's okay. Don't come up to me after church. Well, pastor, I'm pretty pure in heart because I've been in church for 47 years. No, no, no. You're lying, right? No, 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 mm -mm. no. None of us are truly pure in heart except for Jesus. What does that mean? Well, that means that the, the, the Beatitudes, what I want you to notice about the Beatitudes is that just Jesus calling for perfection. And you're like, <laughs> that's not going to happen. That's the point. That's the point. The point is, is that God calls us, followers of Jesus, that is. If you're not a follower of Jesus yet, then you're kind of exempt from this right now. Um, he's calling us to almost perfection that will never attain Therefore, what? Therefore, we must throw ourselves into the mercy and the grace of God. You see what he's doing here? Instead of trying to say, well, look, I'm, I'm smug, and I'm Mr. Holy Man, and I go to church, and do, 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 do. No, 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 no. First, here's what you do. You just say, God, I'm a sinner. I'm jacked up. I have lustful thoughts sometimes. I get angry at people. I, I hate that, that dude at work. I hate him. I'm about to punch him out. And God, my heart is messed up. And I need you, Jesus, I need you to renew my heart. That's, that's, that's the point of this text, right? Helen Keller, a famous writer, I think most of us know who she is in here. Um, she was blind, she was deaf. Um, she was once asked bluntly, wasn't it terrible to be blind and deaf? And she was uh, communicated this, and, and here was her response. She says this, better to be blind and see with your heart than to have two good eyes and see nothing. Come on, Helen Keller, preach. Wow, if that is not prophetic, holy smokes, wow. Better to be blind and to see with your heart than to have two eyes and see nothing. What is she referring to? Well, I think she's referring to, a, she's speaking of a spiritual sight, experiencing God to knowing him. She was a woman of faith. And the point is, is that some people have 20-20 vision with their two eyes, and yet they still haven't seen God. That's the point. Let me remind you today of this point. It's this. Jesus did not come to help people behave better, okay? Jesus came to change the hearts of sinners like you and me. A couple golf claps. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. He didn't come to make you a better person. came to change your heart. That's what he wants. I, I want to invite you to pray this with me in, in, in a few moments. Don't worry. We're almost done here. I promise. David prays this, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. That's what we're going to pray today. Create in me a pure heart. And me too, because I'm, I'm not exempt. Okay, I'm not exempt. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. I also, I also want to I, I invite you to also trust in Jesus by faith that he will do what he's promised, that he will renew your heart. Because why? Because faith is the vehicle by which God operates in our lives. Right? I, 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 in other words, what am I asking you to do? To throw yourself in the mercy and the grace of God. Right? And guess what? His arms are open. Why? Because they were spread open on the cross. They forgave your iniquity, your sin. And now, what is there for you? Grace. 
upon grace upon grace. And he's calling some of you, stop pretending to be pious. Stop putting on religious shows. Stop pretending like you know the Bible and you're slaughtering every verse. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, no, I was reading Job the other day. No, oh my, no, mm-mm. Right, and just to say, hey, God, I, I want a pure heart. Right? I want a pure heart. Oh, as we close this morning, I just want to remind you. Well, actually, I, actually, I want to exhort you. I, I want to prod you, encourage you to just give your hearts away to Jesus. That's really what I want you to do this morning. Um, and I want to remind you that, um, that Christianity is not about a set of do's and don'ts. Christianity is not about a list of top 10 things that I have to do to go to heaven. I have to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, whatever to do to get to heaven. It's not do's and don'ts. It's not a set of rules. Then what is Christianity about? It's about submitting yourself to the lordship of Jesus Christ. That's what it is, right? Why? Why is that? Why? 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 Because, again, church, when he has your heart, he has all of you. There it is. And then guess what? And your behaviors will change little by little by little by little. You, you start to become what? More like Jesus. I, I have people say to me, Pastor, I want to come to church, but I just need to clean up my act. I'm just like, I start laughing. I'm like, you're going to be waiting a while, bro. Like, you're going to try to clean up your life? Like, good luck because nobody, I, nobody I've ever met is successful. Well, what do you mean? It means it takes an act of God to, to, to change a person's life. I can't even change my wife, and I try, trust me. Right? <laughs> it's not my job to change her, though. It's to pray for her, right? If she prays for me, that's what? That the Holy Spirit would soften my heart, and that my heart would be given to God, and that I could be the, the husband that I should be, the father that I should be. He would change my heart. So what? So that I could have the, the heart of the father for my children. So that I could, I could honor my wife. Not because I'm being made to. Not because somebody's coercing me. Not because somebody's guilt tripping me. No, 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 no. None of that. None of that. No. No. Because why? Because I've received a new heart in Jesus. That's what he wants for you. And then the promise, church, I'm almost done, I promise. The, the, the promise is what? You will see God. And when you see. I promise you, I promise you, when you see God, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. When you see God, listen, everything changes. When you know Jesus, I'm not talking about knowing about him. I'm talking about knowing him. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about communion with God, his son, Jesus Christ, right? who made a way for you as a, at the cross of Calvary. I don't deserve it, and you don't either, but he's made a way. The scripture tells us this, Paul says, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. I did not deserve it. You don't deserve it. There's no way for me to merit his favor. I just throw myself in the mercy of God and I say, God, I'm a sinner. I'll throw my hands up. Jesus, make me new. That's all. By faith, you say that. Listen. Paul also says this in Romans chapter 10, I believe. He says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And that's what he wants for you this morning. And yeah, I'm getting sweaty. I'm getting passionate because I believe in this, you guys. I believe that when you see God, everything changes. Can I stand up for a moment? Let's pray together. We're, we're going to wrap up. I promise you. I know you're thinking about ice cream. I get it. I get it. 
<laughs> Come on, let's pray together. And if some of you are comfortable, maybe just maybe maybe have your hands out or up in the air, whatever you want to do as a, as a sign of surrender, as a sign of surrender, okay? I'm not going to take, I'm not, you know, I'm not grading you on who's got your hands up or not, just whatever. But I'm inviting you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we love you. And, and God, we ask right now, just as David prayed, create in me a pure heart, oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. God, we acknowledge right now that there is no one pure in heart perfectly except for your son, Jesus Christ. And so today, God, we throw ourselves on the mercy and on the grace of Jesus who made a way where there was no way, who went to Calvary in our place, was condemned so that we might be forgiven, was judged so that we might go free, was put to death so that we might have life. God, we throw ourselves in the mercy seat of Jesus this morning and we say, Jesus, you can have it all. <laughs> Every part of my world, God, take this life and breathe on this, this heart that is now yours. Jesus, we, we recognize you need a new heart, God. You're not looking for religious activity. You're looking for a new heart. But we can't do it by ourselves, God. We can't fix ourselves. We can barely, we can't go pants in the morning. God, God, we need you to change us. So by the